choosing the right gear for your business on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Social Pilot, the social media and marketing tool for bloggers and small businesses. Join over 20,000 social media pros at servenomaster.com backslash socialpilot today. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. I was just looking at some really cool gear over the last few days. See, I'm traveling around Thailand right now, and one of the things that I've noticed, cameras are very cheap here compared to where I live. Where I live on my tiny, tiny island in the middle of nowhere, it's hard to get gear, but I'm in the big city now. I'm near one of the biggest shopping malls in the world, and there's 10 massive shopping malls in all these shopping districts, and everything you could ever want, from total knockoffs to high-quality knockoffs, you can't tell the difference to the premium of the premium. Anything you want to get your hands on. And... I'm always thinking, do I need to up my gear? Now, this is a good question, isn't it? Is my gear good enough? Do I have the right stuff? And one of the things I was looking at and thinking about is the way I record videos. I right now have like seven or eight video cameras. I have a whole range. I can record stuff on my iPhone, which looks great. Most of the videos you've been seeing about my iPhone, I can record using a DSLR. I bought this really cool Canon Rebel Kiss, it's called which is the international name of the camera. It's called like a TI-5 or TI-6 or something. It's a good camera. It's a well-known and well-respected camera from the Rebel series that I bought from someone who was selling off all their old stuff on the island. I got a great deal on it. I bought it for about uh, 20% or 30% of what it's worth. It was a really great deal. And I have a couple of my Kodak ZI-8s. I have all of this, these old cameras, but none of them can record in 4K. <laughs> none of them can record even in 2K. Now, Nowhere that I upload videos even allows 4K distribution. Most of the videos you see from me are either on YouTube or Vimeo. They don't let you do 4K yet. It's such a large bandwidth hog. The only reason you use 4K is if you're doing DVDs, if I was going to send you a DVD or a Blu-ray that you were going to watch on a big screen that's more than 50 inches. But still, I was looking at these cameras and looking at all these different prices. And the real challenge, okay, you can get a, a, a vlogging. They call it vlogging or video logging for uh, blogging with videos. And I was looking at all the different cameras and thinking about how do you decide what to buy? So this website that's well known for giving advice to video bloggers had a whole spectrum of cameras from $200 all the way up to $3,000. And it's like, why do you need a, do I need a $3,000 camera? You start to wonder, do I need the most expensive stuff? And it can be tough. You end up thinking that you can't build a real business without spending a lot of money. So I wanna kind of give you my philosophy for building a business and talk about finances. You know, we talked a lot about finances in some of the early episodes of the Servant Master Podcast, so I want to circle back to that. You can spend $3,000 on a camera. What I want you to do before you spend that money is say, how am I going to make my money back from this camera? For example, maybe you're going to run ads on YouTube. You're going to allow them to run ads on your YouTube channel and YouTube will pay you a percentage of the profit from every ad. You have to have several million views of your videos before you pay back that camera. If you spend $200 for a camera, the second you make $201, you're profitable. But if you spend $3,000, you can make 10 times more money and you've still lost $1,000. My philosophy across everything from buying software into technology is to spend from profits. And when you're thinking about buying something, don't just think this is cooler or I really want it. Your question is, will this make me more money? Will this improve my products? There are a couple of tools that I'm in the middle of acquiring right now. 
One of them is called the DJI Osmo Mobile. Now I'm not gonna buy it in Thailand because it's actually cheaper some other places I can get it, but I did look at it in some stores here and I can save uh, 60 or $70 by buying it somewhere else and get it for $300 instead of 370. What this does is you, it holds your iPhone and lets you record and it makes amazing videos because it's like a steady cam. So it's like a steady cam for an iPhone and it will mean when I record videos when I'm walking on the beach for you in the future, starting next month hopefully, the videos will be less shaky. I know that the videos I record are a little bit shaky and I'm trying to get better and better about that and this is a way to do that. So this is a tool for a very specific purpose. It will improve the experience of my videos and make them less shaky so it gives a better experience to the audience. And it's a very conscious purchase. I've been thinking about this for about three months. Not three months, I've been thinking about it for more than a month but I won't buy it for another month. So it'll be two to three months of deciding before I spend the money. It's a very cautious purchase. Thinking about what, why you want to buy something and how it's going to improve things and think of a specific use. The other item I'm in the middle of acquiring and um, I'm going to get it later today, my friend is bringing it to me from America, is a teleprompter. Teleprompters are so expensive and really, really hard to acquire in Asia, anywhere in Asia. My, me and all of my friends, this is one thing none of my friends can find. One of my friends had one custom built by someone that was very, I'm going to say dangerous and scary looking. If you try to buy one, they cost $1,000 to $1,500. There are people that rent them for, for $100 or $200 a day. But you're lucky if you're in America, you can grab one off Amazon. An iPad one for about $160. But this one, what's great about it is it screws onto the front of your camera, like your SLR style camera. It attaches to the lens cap and it works using your phone. So my phone will become my teleprompter. This will allow me to record videos. I won't be able to move around as much, but it will really improve the efficiency of my videos. One of the videos I recorded for one of my publishers, it took me six hours and it wasn't very good. I had to keep doing different takes because he sent me a really long script. This will allow me to do faster, better videos where I can write out what I'm going to say and do it just like a president, do a teleprompter style video. I won't do this very often. I'm not going to do this for every video. A lot of, I like to move around. So the two tools are one from when I'm moving and one from holding still. When I'm doing a pure video sales letter, it will be much better for me to do one using a teleprompter. It will make a big difference in my business. And that, uh, that item is costing around $100. So I'll tell you real numbers, why not? So when you're buying gear, wait until you get to a moment and you go, hey, I'm doing this already. I'm already making money for my videos on YouTube, but people have been complaining about the quality. They want to watch stuff in 1080. Then it makes sense. But if it's something that you just want, and this is something I'm the king of. Sometimes I just want the best. I'm like, ah... I don't want the best. I don't want to start with something okay and work my way up. And that feeling, that desire can put you in a precarious financial situation. You never know when you're going to get hit with a financial surprise. Recently, uh, a customer paid me and I was really excited about it. It was a really big payment. And I was like, oh, that's great. I can get that gear I was thinking about. But a day later, it turned out uh, that he hadn't got the approval of a spouse and he was having a major problem. Now, you know, I don't ever want to put people in precarious situations. So, of course, I sent the money back. But you don't always know, right? If you, if, you want to spend, if you spend the money as soon as you have it before you really have it, some surprises can happen, right? Money's there, then the money's gone the next day. Easy come, easy go. So resist that temptation and start off with stuff that's just good enough. You know, most of the videos I record, I talk about my Kodak ZI8s. Those, when I purchased them, were around $120 each. Now they're more expensive because they've been discontinued for a very long time. It's almost impossible to find a new one because they, they've been discontinued for like seven years or something now. But I built my business on that. When I first started recording videos, here's what I did. I couldn't afford a tripod. I had one Kodak Z-I8 and one lavalier microphone. I think it's the ATC35 and from uh, 
can't remember who it's from. I'll post a link below. I have the link somewhere else on the website already, but it's a lavalier mic that I've used before and it's around $35. So I had those two things and that's it. So I would, I put on top of my parents' pool table in the basement, I would put a chair. On top of the chair, I'd put three books so the camera would be high as my face. Then I'd put a big book behind it to block the back of it and a smaller book in front of it so that the lens would shoot over the book and I would stand in front of it. That's step one. That's how, it, that's how I was recording. Now behind me was a wooden wall, which means it would be shiny. So then I had to get a backdrop. I wanted a backdrop. If you try and buy like a green screen or a backdrop on Amazon, it can be pretty expensive. One of the reasons it's expensive is uh, fabric is heavy. So they usually send you a heavy fabric. It costs a bunch of money. You can end up spending like $100 or $200 for the backdrop and getting the clip and everything to hold it. So what I did is I went to the fabric store and I bought a big square of felt and I would duct tape it to the wall when I wanted to record. So in the middle of some of my recordings, the duct tape, well, I'm going to say it peeled off the wall and fell. Fortunately, the type of wall we had, it wasn't damaging the wall. It would just fall off because the wall is so slippery. So that was my initial setup. And then the lights, you need lights, right? I'm recording in a basement. How can I look good? I went to Home Depot and I bought the parts. I went through a training course. I found a training course online that would teach you how to build your own lights. And I built my own lights and the lights again cost around $30. And these were, let's just say they looked pretty dangerous. They were actually, I mean, they, because of the type of light I used, they, they didn't heat up and they were actually really effective and they had the right type of coloration and all those things. I studied color temperature to make sure I bought the right light bulbs and all that stuff, but I really built everything else. So I built my own entire studio for under $200. Yeah, I had to use a chair and a bunch of books and stuff would fall sometimes, it would affect my recordings, but those recordings, and if you uh, go through my local consulting millionaire course, of course, where I talk about selling SEO, the videos you see in there, where I'm in front of the dark backdrop, that's how those were recorded. And those look great. Those are in 1080p. So you don't have to spend a bunch of money. Really, the, the ratio is industriousness versus expense. So if you're in a situation where you don't have a lot of money to spend, you can build everything yourself. I've done that before. And then what I did is, oh man, when I had enough money, I bought my own light kit. Bought like one of those $150, $180 light kits that all comes in a bag and it's got everything there. And then when I had a little more money, I bought one of those uh, backdrops that you could hang your backdrops from, from clips. Wow, I felt like a king when I could afford that. So I worked my way up to it. Rather than going into debt or buying something I couldn't really afford, only when my videos were making me money and driving serious customers paying me one or $2,000 a month, that's when I said, okay, I can up my game. I can get better video stuff. And I still use those same cameras. I recorded a video on those same cameras, oh, like a month ago. I, use, uh, I have a little tripod and I record that way where I live now. Most smartphones can record good enough videos to do everything you need to do. So we get these temptations all the time to buy really expensive stuff. This is, an, this is kind of a mix of technical and philosophical strategy. So another thing is like, oh, you're like, oh, I need a better laptop. I was today, I was getting my laptop repaired. I had to get a new battery. My laptop battery, it's supposed to last for 600 cycles. I was almost at 1200. The battery was only storing about 60% of the charge. So whereas before it could last 12 hours, now it could only last like six or seven and really it was even less than that. I would notice the battery start draining. I was getting alerts all the time. So you got to repair it. And then you're in there and you're like, oh man, look at all these new laptops. I could buy a brand new laptop for $3,000. Now the question to ask yourself when you're looking at that upgrade is saying, not is a laptop worth $3,000, but is the difference between the one I have and the one I want worth $3,000? Will this new laptop improve quality, speed or effectiveness of my work enough to justify this purchase. So sometimes you buy something because it makes things faster for you. 
and it speeds up how you can do a process and getting a better computer. If you're, for example, if you're doing a lot of video and you're editing video, a faster or newer computer allows you to edit and render faster. So maybe converting your video from your editing format to your final format will go from 40 minutes to 30 minutes for every little video you make. That's a big time savings. If you're doing 10 videos a day, it's saving 100 minutes a day. It starts to make sense. But if you're not doing anything intensive, if you're just doing a lot of website stuff and email stuff and things like that, or doing a little Photoshop, or, or really I use Affinity Photo, not Photoshop. If that's what you're using, all that stuff, well, you don't need that expensive computer yet. I'm always tempted. I just realized my laptop is like more than three years old now. It's crossed that three-year mark. And I only noticed because you have to look up the model number of the year when you're getting a replacement battery. But I don't need a new laptop. My laptop is crushing it. Now I've got this sweet new battery. Why would I want to replace it? And they even got this cool thing uh, that you can slip into the side of a MacBook. It's called an iSlice. Oh man, you can add an extra 200 gigs for like 70 bucks. It's so much cheaper than buying a new hard drive. So I'm about to bump from a 500 gigabyte laptop to 700. That's a nice bump. That's a little buffer for me. And that's all because I said to the person, so is there any other ways to upgrade this? You know, MacBooks, you can't upgrade the RAM. It's kind of fixed when you buy it, unfortunately. And better to know exactly why you're doing things. The reason, let me tell you this, why I'm even considering adding in that extra 200 gigs, spending that extra $80, is because my hard drive fills up uh, every few weeks, at least. Sometimes it's two or three times a week. I'm always getting overfilled. I'm always running into storage problems constantly. I have four external hard drives. I have a new primary one. I have a 500 gig external hard drive, a one terabyte, a two terabyte. Now I have a four terabytes. That kind of is my external hard drive for everything. But it's annoying to always have to crack out the external hard drive. You plug it in, it starts making noise because it's spinning. It's got a wheel inside. It's not solid state. So for me, having a little bit more storage without adding a bunch of weight to the laptop, it makes sense because I'm running it at storage issue. If I was only storing 300 gigs, I had 200 gigs empty anyways, it wouldn't make sense. So to kind of circle back, what I'm saying is get something that's just good enough to do the job. And only when you start making money from that path is it worth investing in stuff that's more advanced. I'm in the middle of adding some new technology to these podcast episodes. I'm trying to add chapters. And in order to add chapters, I have to get way ahead. So I bought this piece of software that lets me add chapters to an MP3 file so that when you're looking at this in Overcast or different podcasting apps, it will say what I'm about to talk about. And I want to put time codes in the episode. So whether you're listening through my website or you're listening through your iPhone or your Android, whatever, you can jump to the section you want to listen to. That's uh, what I want to get to and add that to a technology. Now, why didn't I start with that from the very beginning? Because the podcast is good enough, right? This is adding a little pizzazz to it, adding a little more sizzle to make it a little cooler for you, give you a better experience as my listener, but it's not necessary to the product. I'm a big believer in the 80-20 rule. I talked about the 80-20 rule in an episode way back near the beginning of this, maybe it was episode 10 or 12. I talk about the 80-20 rule and I apply it to every area of my business. I apply it to financial decisions. Let me get what's good enough and worry about getting the best later on. Let me set up a website that's good enough to make money and improve it over time once it's generating revenue. My members area right now, if you have one of my courses, buy a course, it looks awesome, but it looked like garbage for a long time. I didn't start making it look awesome until it was generating revenue and started, started making, making sense to improve it. These are the uh, types of thoughts you should have and the way you can look at things. And it's it applies to every area. You know, when you start doing video, you're thinking, oh, I want to upload to YouTube, but that looks too amateur. I don't want to use YouTube videos on my website because I want to use another service. And then you think, oh, should I use Amazon S3 or Wisty or one's other services? They're really expensive. For a while, I was using a service that was $100 a month. What a waste. Yeah, the videos were super fast, but man, 
One of my partners who I work with, he uses YouTube videos for sales videos and they convert better than anything else. Free, he used to pay between eight dollars and $12,000 a month for sales video hosting just to show the videos to customers, to show videos on his website. And when he switched to YouTube, which is free, his sales went up. So not only did he get saved $12,000 a month, which is a lot of money, he's also making more total profit. So it helped him in two different directions. Sometimes we get excited and we overspend or we think, hey, I have a bit of savings. I want the best. I don't want you to do that. Always remember that everything you spend, you have to earn back and it increases the distance between you and profit. If you spend $20,000 in courses, if you spend $7,000 in software or buy a really expensive video camera, whatever you do, you have to make that money back before you're profitable. We have this way of looking at things as humans where we don't look at them that way. We look at it and go, you know, I just need to make $100 from this movie. We don't treat the video camera like a business expense. You make $100, like, hey, I'm in profit. It's like, well, you actually lost $6,900 because you bought a $7,000 camera. You got to make another 70 videos before you make any profit. We don't think about things that way because we aren't tracking our expenses in the right way. So what I want you to do is when you buy stuff, when you spend money, when you buy anything, write it down, put it in your spreadsheet, however you're tracking stuff. Use FreshBooks to track all of your numbers. I really recommend getting right with that stuff. I have a bookkeeper who handles all of that for me because I have several thousand transactions a month in my business. Some months it's closer to 50,000 transactions. Money moving out, moving all these different directions and she goes through and makes sure that everything's organized so I know how much money I spend and how much money I make. I am not very good at that so I brought someone in to help me. Now I did it myself for a couple of years and I always found it to be a nightmare and I was always having organization problems. So I did bring in an, an external expert to help me. When you're putting together your business, when you're putting together the things that you need, control your costs as much as you can so that you're closer to profit. And controlling costs, a big part of that is tracking your costs. Don't think of your expenses the way you think of your entertainment budget. Going to the movies, right? We get that feeling or buying a car, it's not the same way as when you're buying something for work. You have to separate those two things and that's why you need to separate your bank accounts and separate your finances so that you can tell the difference. It feels really exciting to buy cool technology. I'm, you know, I'm on a shopping trip right now. It feels really cool to buy like presents for my kids. It would feel really cool to buy myself uh, something really nice. But that feeling uh, can distract us from remembering, wait a minute, this is a business purchase. That's why I can tell you exactly what the things I'm buying. Hey, it would be really exciting. I would love to shoot a video right now with that Osmo Mobile. But I'm going to save $70 by waiting another month to buy it when it's the right time and buy it from the right place. Because it's a business decision, it I'm able to remind myself, wait, just because it would be cool doesn't mean I need it. I'm not recording those type of videos right now. I'm not recording a bunch of walk around on the videos because I'm not on the beach. I'm not going to record videos on the sidewalk like some type of maniac. That's not what I do. I'm not a total blogger, right? That's not my uh, business model. Keep those things in mind. And as you're deciding about which gear you're going to buy, make sure you are thinking about things from the logical state of mind, not the emotional state of mind. And when you do it the right way, you can buy the right gear that's good enough for now. And then when you make more money, when you're actually in the profit, then you can spend profits to buy the next level up and continue to improve. That's how you build a business. That's how you control your finances. And that's how you can support and take care of your family and loved ones. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. 
Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode.